The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything that you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure that you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drive so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. I've been so pumped to take a couple of friends with our road bikes to some of the trails nearby, and now I can bring the entire crew, my dog, and all of our gear with that third row. Learn more about the new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. You're listening to the hottest, the hottest NBA podcast out. Yeah, I said what I said. She's heating up. It's the Heat Check. The Heat Check. Heat Check. With Trista Crick. On this episode of the Heat Check, it's cold outside, but the league is heating up. We got the latest on Donovan Mitchell. Aunt Edwards has some baby mama drama. You don't say. James Harden destroyed the Pacers, gets back at all his haters in Philly once and for all, and we get some other news around the league and a special interview with Spotrax, Keith Smith. Let's get right into it, William. Drop that motherfucking beat that should be Rihanna. So we mentioned on Monday that after a very mediocre start to the season, the Cavs have now been hit with the injury bug. In a huge way. Evan Mobley out eight weeks. Going to have surgery. And Darius Garland, broken face. Long stretch on the IR as well. <laughs> That's what it was, broken face. Just a rough quarter of the season for a team that a lot of people thought could take another step. It was an, it's an inflection point for the Cleveland Cavaliers. And they are going the wrong direction. Some people penciled them in for a top four spot this year. But that's not all, folks. That's not all that's unsettled in Cleveland Cavalier land. And maybe those things are connected. The backdrop to all of this is that their star player, Donovan Mitchell, we want to know what his fate is going to be. It is strange considering that he's under contract until July 2025, but that's the NBA today. If you know this man's not extending, you can't wait. You can't wait for next free agent season. You can't wait for next summer. By that time, he's going to be a free agent and he leaves. You can't wait till next trade deadline either because his value is going to go down. So he must, if you're going to trade him, he must be traded before this deadline. Brian Windhorst and Tim Bontemps on the Hoop Collective both agree. Donovan Mitchell, not staying with the Cleveland Cavaliers. He is not signing an extension. He has already turned one down. And that screams, wee-oo, wee-oo. Oh my God, we just paid a boatload for this man and it's not going well. And we knew that was kind of the case, right? We knew you go, he's going to Cleveland, okay? He's been wearing Mets hats and Yankees hats all summer long. I think just Mets hats. Been wearing New York gear, showing up all around, going to, going to all kinds of events, going to concerts all in New York City. Trade me, trade me, trade me to New York. Please, Knicks, trade for me. And then he ends up in Cleveland. Of course he's not going to stay. You kidding me? It's Cleveland. Remember what Joakim Noah said about Cleveland? I barely even go outside or look out my window. It's Cleveland. The sooner, though, that Cleveland moves on from him, then the better. There could be as many as five teams in the mix. 
Wendy said actually two of them, the Nets and the Knicks, could get into a bidding war over Mitchell in the near future. But also the Heat, what are they going to give? They're going to give Tyler Hero a top 20 unprotected pick in 2029. Like, we know what time it is with the Miami Heat, don't we? Also, two more teams in the Southwest Division are in the mix, which they he won't say who. Dallas, Memphis, Houston, New Orleans, and San Antonio. Ooh, Memphis would be sick. Woo! But you could, no, can't do that. Got Desmond Bain. But really, I've got some thoughts what y'all talk about in a second in terms of who I like in the Southwest Division for him to go to. I have a team in mind. But here are my initial thoughts. So the Cavs give up a boatload for Donovan Mitchell. One of those players now, there's new news surfacing that Danny Ainge will not trade Laurie Markkinen for less than five first-round picks, which is just so Danny Ainge. It's like, man, I know this man like the back of my hand. I know Danny Ainge and his moves more than I know my own mother's. Laurie Markkinen, five first-round picks. Okay. Anyway, that's just one piece that you traded for him. You traded O'Shea Akbaji. He's probably worth the first. Colin Sexton, God knows how much he's worth. And you traded three first-round picks and pick swaps. That's at least nine first-rounders that they're in the hole for just getting Donovan Mitchell as a rental. And here is what I find fascinating. Utah got all of that. Because Utah didn't need to trade Donovan Mitchell. There was no urgency to trade Donovan Mitchell. They wanted to make that move, and they wanted a clean house, and they wanted picks and young players right now. But now, folks, the Cleveland Cavaliers are on the clock. Every single team in the league knows that they're on the clock. Tick, 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 until Donovan Mitchell decides to be a nick, nick, nick. What do they get back for Donovan Mitchell? You imagine that the only places that can trade for him are places that he will extend or re-sign. That's, that leads us to the Nets and the Knicks. New York! What would that package look like for the Nets? I mean, you're probably looking at like Cam Johnson when he's available be, to be traded in January. You got DFS. They need wing depth. It's Spencer Dinwiddie. They need a backup guard or a, a starting guard, really, to pair with Darius Garland. For the Knicks, it's probably R.J. Barrett. Probably somewhat similar to the package that they would have put together for him initially, only less because he's under team control for less time. But a team that I actually think Donovan Mitchell would be a great fit on, and a team that is sneaky, not been discussed at all, but I think fits the caliber of player that he is, the culture fits him, are the Houston Rockets. My, oh my, have things changed so fast. Ime Udoka has these boys playing like dogs, straight dogs. I think he would be an excellent fit next to Fred Van Fleet and Dylan Brooks. He's tough. He's physical. He plays bigger than he is. Him and Fred are a nice undersized backcourt. And you you get rid of Jalen Green, who is just a chucklehead. What does that package look like? Probably some of the depth that's on. Maybe Jabari. I don't want to trade Jabari, but probably something like Jabari and Picks. As for Donovan, he's tired of this shit. He's like, I, you guys already know what time it is. Like, I'm not going to say a word because I don't want to dis, like, make the the Cleveland fan base upset. So I'm just not going to say anything at all. He's like single-handedly carrying this Cavs team until his players come back. And everybody's like, are you getting traded? Do you want to be traded? Where do you want to be traded? What would that package look like? Have you picked out a new house yet? And he's like, yo, stop. This is his quote. 
My job is to focus on this. We have two guys that are out, so I'm not answering anything. And no disrespect, I appreciate that you have to ask the question, but I'm not going there. Quit asking. Stop, stop, stop. My focus is on these guys being out and us trying to find a way to get wins. Oh, boy, did he get a win last night or two nights ago. 37 points willing his way to win. And now that Embiid seems happy again in Philly, everything looks right. In Philadelphia, Donovan is now the big star that's going to be on the move. He's the number one big game that everybody is hunting. So if you want to change your fortunes overnight, it's Donovan Mitchell and only Donovan Mitchell. So let's keep a very close eye on this moving forward. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. At Alma, we know the connection between you and your therapist matters. But if you're already feeling stressed and burnt out, the idea of trying to find a therapist you really connect with can be overwhelming. That's why Alma's focused on helping you find the right therapist for you. When you browse their online directory, you can filter your search based on the qualities that are most important to you. Then you can book a free 15-minute consultation call with any therapist you're interested in seeing. So you can get a feel for whether they're the right fit before you commit to a full-length session. Alma also makes it easy for mental health care providers to navigate insurance. That's why 95% of therapists in their directory accept insurance for sessions. So you can find care that's affordable without stressing about the paperwork. You want to talk to someone, but not just anyone. Alma is there to help you find the right fit. Visit HelloAlma.com Therapy60 to schedule a free consultation today. That's HelloAlma.com Therapy60. All right, let's move on. What the fuck is going on with Aunt Edwards right now? Like, guys, you know it's a sensitive topic, but we have to at least talk about it a little bit. I woke up the other morning to some straight baby mama drama scandal DM nonsense, and I did not see this one coming for good old Anthony Edwards. He seems like a puppy dog. And he came hot out of the box. Here's the story. Aunt Edwards has a girlfriend, Janine Robel. She's recently confirmed she's got a baby on the way. Exciting times for Aunt Edwards, right? We're all like, yay, Aunt, so fun. Fatherhood's coming. When's the baby reveal? Exciting. Congrats. But except for like, similar to the Zion situation, enter new girl, other girl that's like, not congrats. Anti, congrats to you, sir. Her name is Paige Jorday. She is an IG influencer. She's an OnlyFans uh, a model, like OnlyFans like actress, OnlyFans, I don't know, OnlyFans 
whatever you want to call her, half a million followers online. And she, as you might expect, if she's aunt's old girl or side girl or whatever, not very happy about the aunt baby announcement at all. Like at all, at all. She floods her IG story, folks, with the receipts on why she is not happy for him. Turns out, according to the DMs, which I think are pretty verifiable, she got pregnant with Aunt Edward's baby. She told him. And he was not like, congrats. He was like, nah. In fact, the quote was, hell nah, can't do this, get an abortion, lol. <laughs> the part to me that's like so crazy is the lol after such a stern directive. Get an abortion, lol. Like, so wait, do you mean that or do you, <laughs> do you not mean that? The lol kind of softens the blow. It also gets worse as he pressures her to abort the kid, asking to see pictures of the abortion pills over and over and over again, asking if it's done, telling her he's going to pay her. Apparently there was $100,000 transferred to her for her to get the abortion. And despite all of the fact that she told him, listen, I've had an abortion once before and I really don't want to do that. And he's like, yeah, according to the DMs, I don't care. I do not care. Uh, here was her parting shot for now. I've never once ran to the internet about no one. I've tried over and over to handle this private, privately and my efforts were ignored. I've been lied to and manipulated by someone who knows exactly what they're doing and takes no accountability for anything. Yikes. Just a bad story all around. So bad. Aunt Edwards this morning had to release a statement, which let's be honest, it's probably his agents or his PR folks that released the statement and he just pushed publish. But it said this, I made comments in the heat of the moment that are not me and that are not aligned with what I believe and who I want to be as a man. All women should be supported and empowered to make their own decisions about their bodies and what is best for them. I am handling my personal matters privately and will not be commenting on them further at this time. Ooh, do you? I, I think, oh, hell no, nah, get an abortion, LOL, is kind of antithetical to I want women to be supported and empowered to make their own decisions about their bodies and what is best for them. I think you... My guy, we're worried about what was best for you. I wouldn't comment a lick afterwards either. And Ant's reputation has taken a further hit. And now his own coach is commenting on the matter. And Finch said this. We will be having ongoing conversations about this. I think it's important to state that it's not reflective of our organization. Ooh. Or values for sure. And as a young man, it's clear that the education and maturity of Anthony Edwards continues to be a work in progress. Beyond that, it's a personal matter, and any conversations that we have will remain private. Whew! This is exactly, folks, why I came up with the idea of thought protection. That hoe over there. That is exactly why I came up with it. This is what it is. 18 years old. You know you're going to the league. You know you're going to college D1. You know girls are going to be after you. You get a vasectomy. You tell no one. You save all of your spermies all around the world in different facilities in case that day comes, and I'm sure it will come, where you want to have a kid of your own under your own volition with the girl of your dreams, not with some random that's going to hit you up on DM to let you. She doesn't even have this man's number. If you're hitting someone up on Instagram to tell them you're pregnant, you guys are not fucking close. Ooh, that's how you end up with having a baby mama with uh, Chief Keef 
or uh, Anthony Simons having the same baby mama as Brandon Ingram, or DeJounte Murray and young boy having the same baby mama, you get my point. Not a good situation for Ant Edwards. Literally the only scandal that he's had since football gate, where he said, I actually like playing football more than basketball. Uh, and everybody was like, does Anthony Edwards even like basketball? Should we even take him number one? Hopefully this is going to be a learning experience because the one thing we know, texts folks, DM folks, Snapchats folks, they live forever. Let's get into a little news from around the league. Holy shit, James Harden. Did you see him? Did you see him? Did you see what happened with James Harden? People are now shaking their heads. They are still shaking them because this dude went absolutely nuclear, went straight Chernobyl against the Pacers in a huge road win for the Clips. And when I mean nuclear, I mean Godzilla destroying Tokyo nuclear in 28 minutes. Big game, James. Big regular season game, James. Put up 35 points, three rebounds, and nine assists with a steal and a block. 12 for 16 from the field. Eight for 11 from three. And most incredibly, he didn't do that dumb James Harden shit that he used to do where he went to the free throw line like 40 times a game. Only three free throws. How incredible was James Harden? He had 18 straight points for the Clippers in the fourth quarter. My God. How great was he? Plus 32 in a game that they won by 24. How insane was he? True shooting percentage in this game of 101%. Wow. That's insane. Dude averaged 2.02 points per possession. The highlight came when he hit his eighth three and went to the floor with a foul and one on a three. Did snow angels while getting mobbed by his teammates like Dame Lillard with the bye-bye. Straight up put his beard directly into the lens of the cameraman while screaming, ha Just losing it. 35 on 16 shots with three free throws is nuts. That's just ridiculous. Am I a believer? No. But do I think that that was a remarkable performance? Yes. Since Harden and the Clippers got ripped up against Denver, LA is 9-1. and one. He's gone off in those games for 21-5-9 and nine on 72% true shooting, shooting split of 52, 51, and 90. He's also averaging right now 2.7 stocks per game. That's the Aaron Fox numbers. That's true holiday numbers. Since the lineup change, LA is the best team in the NBA record-wise. 13-3. and three. Defense, top five. Three guys all playing at all NBA levels at the same time. One of them, Kawhi, putting up MVP numbers. My goodness. I know, by the way, what that scream must have been like because I've had my own screams towards Philly in the past. It's cathartic. It's months and months of months of disrespect building up into your blood until you just let it out in one giant roar like your name is Katy Perry. Of course, as usual, we're going to need to see James Harden play like this in the playoffs. Like That's just what it is. That's just what it is. But it's a lot better for L.A. than we thought it was going to be. We thought it was just meaningless. We thought the losing Nick Batum was a big deal for them. And for the rest of the league, you better hope the Clippers don't stay this hot. Because if they keep it up, everybody is about to get steamrolled. All right, let's move on. So Nick Claxton's in the news. Michael Scoto of Hoops Hype has polled a dozen NBA executives about what Claxton might make as he heads into free agency. Salary ranged from $20 million a year to as high as $27 million a year, with most looking at an adjusted for inflation version of Jared Allen's deal, which would land Claxton at around uh, $25 million per year for Nick Claxton. 
Oh, that's a lot of money. Where he ends up is in question, though, but not if you ask Nick Claxton, because Nick Claxton, uh, when he was asked about free agency destinations, he said he wanted to go to a place where I'm wanted, and I'm here now. Are you? Everything hopefully works out with Brooklyn. I love it here. He loves the Nets. That's so sweet. But do they love him? I don't know. Probably not at $25, $27 million a year. They don't don't have that much money. They don't have that much cap space. Nick then banged, you know, the slept on drum again, which he's done all season. And to be fair, he isn't wrong. He's awesome. He's been an elite defender who's not getting his credit. He probably should have won Defensive Player of the Year last year. He's especially salty about being left off of ESPN's top 100 players list. And he said this, the league is the league. The league's real political. They have certain things they look at, like if we don't have superstars on our team right now, that's kind of how the league works. It just adds more fuel to the fire for me. I feel like I've always been overlooked kind of throughout my career. I've just got to go out and prove myself every night like I've been doing. Here's a betting tip for you, though. Bet a Nick Claxton block, maybe two, every single night. Like clockwork, it hits. I like Nick. I think he should be in a really good place. I like him for New Orleans or Memphis, but I hope that man gets his bag. Get your money, Nick. Get your money. Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky, co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. All right. And now we have a special guest, Keith Smith, the guru from Spotrack and the best NBA follow on Twitter at Keith Smith NBA. He joined my other show, BetMGM Tonight. I was joined by my co-host, Nick Ashew and Ryan Horvath. Let's get right into it was a dope-ass interview. Keith Smith jumps on with us. Haven't talked to our buddy Keith Smith in quite some time. Good to see your face again, my friend. Uh, what do we expect from the Grizzlies? Let, let's just put away tonight, because it's you know it's, it's the first game with Ja back. But like, what's a realistic expectation for this Grizzlies team just moving forward now that Ja Morant is back with them? I think just to be competitive the rest of the way, really just make these games solid, try to get a sense of what does this team look like with John Morant and Marcus Smart uh, because he's also going to be back at the end of the week and get a real sense of where do we want to go from here for them just to get to 500 they'll need to go 35 and 22 and that's like a winning percentage that would be mirrored that of the top six teams right now and that's just to get to 500 and that's even be knocking on the door of the play-in tournament so I'm just not sure that's where we're headed this year for this team. They're, they're seven and a half out of the last play-in spot in the West right now, but you can't make that all up in a week. So if I was Taylor Jenkins, I'd be saying, hey, let's try to make up a game a week. Uh, that's Even that is really difficult, but let's try it and see where we landed when all is said and done. Yeah, going to be interesting to watch that progress, especially since they have you know really no centers there. 
Uh, I'm curious to get your thoughts on this Donovan Mitchell situation. Obviously, he's mom. Darius Garland out for significant time. Evan Mobley out significant time. I think the rumor was that the Cavs might even look in the offseason, last offseason, to move Jared Allen. And now, no Donovan Mitchell extension coming. And now the trade rumors are starting to pile up. Where are you at in terms of likelihood of trading this season before the deadline and where he could potentially go and the probability of that? Yeah, I think the no extension stuff is getting way overblown. It's the exact same situation that De'Aaron Fox is in in Sacramento as far as extensions go. And everybody was like, yeah, De'Aaron Fox turned it down. That's smart because he can make way more money later. Uh, So that's exactly where Donovan Mitchell's in the same spot. So that part I'm not overly worried about uh, there because that was always going to be a delayed thing until he either uh, knew what his All-NBA future was and can he cash in on the Supermax or not. As far as trades go, I think the Cavs, they've won a couple in a row without those two guys, but they're probably going to be a team that's going to be hovering right around that 6-7 line in the assured playoff spot or the play-in tournament, and then that's a major step back from where they were a year ago. But I just can't see them trading Donovan Mitchell roughly a year and a half into this experiment. I think that's something that drags into the summertime. And in the summer, if it's starting to look like, yeah, he's not staying here no matter what happens, that's when you have those conversations. I assume it'll start right back up again with the Knicks and the Nets. The Heat will be involved. The Lakers will be involved because they're always involved on any superstar. So that's where we'll be is, you know, the kind of typical teams that we heard involved last time. And then does some other team jump in and say, you know what, we'll grab him because we think he can put us over the top in the next year or so. And that'll convince him to stay here with us. That's always a, you know, tried and true thing that teams try to do and try to make work, but we'll ultimately see where that goes. But I don't think this one, anything happens in the next couple of months. I think this goes into next summer at the, at the earliest for a trade. All right, Keith, I'm so glad to have you on because I haven't talked with you in a while here, and I'm looking at Boston, plus 375, and you're just the man to talk to. I've done it two years in a row. They're going to make fun <laughs> of me, and I'm thinking about doing it again. They're 8-2 and two in their last 10, 20-5 this season. I love this team. I actually, man, I like the KP move more than I thought. Um, early thoughts on the Celtics right now, the way that they're trending, and any concerns that you have moving forward in the East? Yeah, when they have their top guys together, they're great. Any combination of their top six, when they're all in there, is really good. It almost doesn't matter which five of the six are on the floor. When they're missing one or two of them, it starts to get a little less great. They're still a good team, but they're not uh, that great. They're they're really dominant at home. They're, I believe, now 14-0 at home. I uh, have been absolutely just hammering teams in Boston this year, and they've been kind of just okay on the road so far. They're about to start tonight in Golden State, a, a long um, four-game road trip, kind of key uh, road trip. They've got the Warriors and the Kings back-to-back, and they've got a couple days off before they play an afternoon game in Los Angeles, and that always goes really well for the visiting team. Uh, There, they get a little bit of that L.A. flu going on. And then they've got the Lakers (laughs) on Christmas. So this is going to be a stretch where we're going to find out a lot about this team and how they look. Chris Porzingis isn't going to play tonight. It looks like they're kind of going to manage the back-to-backs with him. They already do that with Al Horford. Oh, no. So we'll see what that looks like. But when they've got their main guys, they're really good. Their kind of thing that's still out there is what happens if a couple of those guys go down? Then they're probably in trouble because they don't have – 
They have good functional depth. Their top six, seven, eight guys are fine for the playoff period, but we're a long ways off of that. So that that could be they lose guys, they start losing a few games. That's how Milwaukee, maybe Philadelphia could catch them and pass them in the standings in the regular season. Talking to Keith Smith, BetMGM tonight. Hey, I'm watching the Knicks recently now, and I see a team that, you know, no Mitchell Robinson is obviously a major loss for them. They don't really have a lot to go with it in the the middle now. Uh, But Julius Randle has been great. Uh, Jalen Brunson has been playing fantastic. I mean, at a 50 spot the other night. When you look at this Knicks team, obviously we know they're going to be in the market. They've been in trade rumors for another star. You mentioned Donovan Mitchell. That'll probably be a, a summertime thing there. But when you look at this team right now, where do they stack up from what you've seen on the court with the rest of the Eastern Conference? Is it kind of just where they're sitting in the standings? Or do you see a possibility where they could maybe climb a little bit higher as the season goes on? I think they're about where they are. I think their record will improve, but I think they're a top six team, but they're not in the category with the top three. I think the East, the, the Celtics, the Bucks, and the Sixers have really set themselves apart as the class of the conference. And then the Knicks are in that next group of teams, and that's got teams like Miami, Cleveland, the Magic. Uh, those teams are all kind of in that mix. And that that's fine. That's not necessarily a bad place to be. It's just kind of where they're at. And I think what limits them is Jalen Brunson is really good, but some teams have figured out ways to kind of scheme and take him out of things a little bit. Julius Randle still very hit or miss. RJ Barrett is, you know, maybe the most inconsistent <laughs> guy in the league. He can drop 30 one night and then have – 10 the next, and it looks good because on the overall season stats, it's 20 points per game, but you, you kind of, when you see how it got there, you're you're kind of left uh, puzzled a little bit. And then I feel like they've just got too many guards and wings uh, for, for the minutes they want to play. We've already heard Josh Hart and Quentin Grimes both grumble a little bit about their roles. We heard Emmanuel quickly a little bit uh, when he came back after missing a game that he was feeling a little left out, out in the cold with minutes. So I think that's just going to be something they're going to have to work through until a trade comes. And it really comes down to, are they going to be the group they've been over the last, let's call it about four years now, which is extremely patient and is waiting and biding their time. They're not chasing they, they chase the A-level guys. If they don't get them, the old Knicks would have said, all right, let's get three C-level guys and call it good. Now this group has been a lot more patient. They wait, they hold, and, and they try to see what develops for them. So I think we're in a spot with the Knicks where it's probably what you see is what you get, but maybe that big move is just around the corner because I do get the sense they've been piling up assets. They've been retaining players, waiting and biding their time to make that big move. Atlanta Hawks, Keith. Off to a very, very disappointing start. They're 11 and 15, just one game better than the Bulls, who have actually been a lot better now that Zach Levine hasn't been playing, and one game better than the Hornets. What can Quinn Snyder do to to fix this, or is this roster fixable? I, I think it's more what can the front office do to help Quinn Snyder fix it. Now, part of it will be fixed when they get Jalen Johnson back. He was playing really, really well for them. He was arguably, you could say, their second best player behind Trey Young uh, in the early part of the season. I think Clint Capella is, we're, we're, we're into the territory now where we should be having a conversation should Ndeka Kongwu replace him in the starting group, and where does that go moving forward? I, I don't know this Sadiq Bay 
DeAndre Hunter forward pairing just doesn't really work for me. They're, they're two guys who are just kind of averaging just about all ways. They're, 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 neither one of them is a bad player, but neither one of them is overly special. So you're, you're real messy. The offense, I think that's where Quinn Snyder could do some stuff. And I thought their game, albeit it was against the Pistons last night, you did see some semblance of we're going to cut out some of the DeJounte Murray running the offense type stuff. We're going to really, we're going to let Trey kind of lead us there. And, and Trey got his shots, but he also was really got the ball moving. It was setting guys off up and they put Murray into this off ball secondary creator role. And I think that's better than the, all right, we got to give DeJounte a few possessions here. And then Trey Young goes and stands out around the logo somewhere and doesn't move. And there's multiple clips you can see. He just doesn't move. And then the big thing is their defense stinks, and it's just not going to get any better with the personnel they have. So it's probably something where Quinn Snyder can do only do so much, and maybe they make a trade and do something to balance the roster a little bit better for him. That's all the time that we have for the Heat Check. Big thanks to Keith and the whole gang at BetMGM Tonight. Come back tomorrow for an all-new episode. Check out the feed for past episodes and mini-episodes, which drop unexpectedly, like Jalen Hurts calling out his teammates for not being committed to winning. Do not forget to follow the heat check as we go through this new NBA season. That means T. That means X's and O's. No, it doesn't. That means breakdowns. That means download. That means subscribe. Tell your friends, enemies, neighbors, all of them. Even that Karen at the resale shop who tries to fuck you over on a price of a bar stool because she thinks that you're some sort of rich mark. Hey, bitch, I'm not rich. Tell her. Hey, Trista has a podcast called The Heat Check. Maybe if you download and subscribe, she'll get her subscribing it up and maybe be able to afford those little uh, barstools that you're trying to charge her $800 for. So they're probably worth 15 bucks. Follow us on social at this heat check and at Trista Crick on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. We'll see you next time.